Rugby League lovers, hello and welcome to your Friday footy news fix with Zach Bailey and Dan Walsh. We're recording this at quarter to three on Friday afternoon. Walshy, it's almost time for you to knock off. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Um, mate, we need a sponsor because it's yeah, it's beer o'clock and we're dry at the moment. So, mate, can you get to work with uh, yeah what you do best? Now, you would be thirsty given the week that we've just had. Uh, this is the first time we're recording this podcast, but with a lot of us affected by other COVID-19 lockdowns around the country, we thought, why not give all of our league lovers a footy fix of league news and what a week to kick things off with. Given all the player movement, as late as a couple of hours ago, Dane Gagai, where was this? Where has this come from? He's off to the Knights. Yeah, mate, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, Wayne Bennett's just done his weekly media this uh, about 20 minutes ago and he's confirmed what emerged just a little bit earlier, that Dane's taking up a, a decent three-year deal at the Knights. He's told his South teammates today on the bus and uh, he's going with um, yeah, Wayne's best blessings. He's described him as in career best form, which is a decent rap for a bloke who's 30 years old. He's played almost 20 origins for Queensland. And I guess, it, mate, it's just a sign of the market at the moment because uh, as far as so Newcastle... We're in for Dane uh, up until last week when talks kind of broke down a little bit. They thought he was a bit too expensive and we're going to start looking elsewhere. Uh, but then middle of this week, it's kicked off again and they've beaten Souths and the Broncos as well to securing, uh, I think what you can say is probably the uh, the most experienced and well-credentialed centre in the, in the market at the moment. So Dane Gagai to the Knights until about 2024 at this stage. It's... Mate, it just moves that quick. Yeah, and it's another big name leaving the Bunnies at the end of this year. Adam Reynolds off to the Broncos. We expect, especially given the current climate around COVID-19, that Benji Marshall will probably hang up the boots at the end of this year. Now, Gagai, I wonder whether all of those players would have played on if Wayne Bennett was going to be coach next year. But what does this mean for the Bunnies in terms of their signings? Because no doubt they've got a little bit of room for next year. Uh, a little is the right term there, mate. Uh, so Dane's obviously the third person, third big name to leave off the back of Adam Reynolds and Jaden Sewer. Souths have always stressed throughout this period that uh, they didn't want any of these guys going, but due to their big names, they're all signed long-term. You can Murray's, your Latrell Mitchells, Damien Cooks. There's just only so much for so much to go around in the cap. And so they looked at their priorities and said, this is where, where we're looking. They've got a bunch of young halves coming through as well. So where you might, and with Benji potentially wrapping up, I think where you might see this go is it raises the prospect of Anthony Milford coming down to, to Redfern next year. Uh, it, it certainly does it no harm because Milf won't be coming on huge money. He accepts that. He knows that. Uh, he's got a very good relationship with Jason, with Jason Demetrio, who takes over from Wayne next year. Uh, he and Milf got along famously, and Jason Demetrio was uh, Wayne's assistant at, at the Broncos when Milford was at his best, him and Ben Hunt taking them almost to the premiership in 2015. So Jason knows how to get the best out of Anthony, and at this stage, uh, Souths have said... They're well and truly interested in it for next year, but there's also a lot of water to go under the bridge there. And at the moment, their top 30 is also full. So I'd be very surprised if they made a pre-August 2 move. 
but you never say never because as we saw Dane Gagai, it just moves that quick today and uh, yeah, the market just moves on its head. All right, from one representative star to another, he's the hottest property in the NRL uh, right now, Dale Finucane's future. What can you tell us? Who's the front runner? Where's he going to be playing in 2022? Uh well, mate, don't lock me into anything because it, it's another one where it is just a bit up in the air. But uh, so Dale and his manager are sitting down potentially as we speak right now, to be honest. But Friday has been picked out as the D-Day for us. And there's he's not short of options, the big fella, and deservedly so as well. One of the more most respected uh, forwards in the game. He's got Melbourne trying to keep him, but they probably trying in vain because... The likes of the Dragons, Titans, Cowboys and Sharks are all well and truly in. Uh, what I can tell you is Dane Gagai's move probably chews up uh, more of the Knights' salary cap space and that sees them drop out of that race. But of those, uh, the four suitors that are left, as well as Storm, I'm thinking the Sharks uh, due to uh, where where the club's going. I know Dale was quite... is quite impressed with uh, his interactions with Craig Fitzgibbon. Those two have got a bond from New South Wales camp. And yeah, and he, I think he's a decent believer in where Craig wants to take Cronulla next year. But then there's also benefits to the Cowboys, Titans and Dragons as well. And yeah, it's just a case of Dale making a decision. If not today, definitely in the next few days because he wants to wrap up his future and get it sorted so to make sure that it doesn't impact Melbourne any... Not that it has impacted Melbourne, but he's the kind of bloke who just does not want this dragging on any longer. So to our three listeners out there uh, tuning in for this, you can uh, take it as fact that uh, <laughs> Dalfa Nugan will be a shark in 2022. You spoke about Melbourne. They don't want to lose him. Craig Bellamy put him in the category of Greg Inglis and Cooper Cronk leaving um, the club, but he would be a great pickup for whoever lands... Um, his signature. What? Yeah, the flow-on effect. I mean, for the Titans, the Dragons, those kind of clubs, they're, they're talking about a domino effect. Would it really be that big? Well, I think we're seeing just with, you know, the example we were talking about before, mate, with Dane Gagai, and then, you know, you're potentially talking about Anthony Milford. So uh, the interesting one with the pursuit of Dale is team like the Titans have caught a lot of people by surprise as to why they would be in when they've got guys like Mo Fodawaka, Dave Fafita, Tino Fafita, We'll try that one again. Uh, Big Tino. (laughs) But so the reason why the Titans are having a look, though, is because, uh, and you mentioned Craig Bellamy before, he's described Dale as the ultimate professional and he hasn't seen anyone prepare better than him. If he was to take that influence to the Titans, that's what they're seeing, you know, to to lead these younger guys and teach them exactly how to get the best the best out of themselves because the Titans have invested a hell of a lot into into their young forwards. So, and in terms of the Gold Coast and the Dragons specifically, they've got pretty stacked forward packs. At the Dragons, you've got Josh Maguire, Tarek Sims, uh, Andrew McCulloch. There's a few others there as well. So there's potential for a flow-on effect there of someone to be maybe pushed to the outer a little bit. Uh, this is purely what I'm looking at is potentially a guy like Josh Maguire only has a year left on his contract. I'm not sure where he would fit if the Dragons were to land Dale Finucane as a 13 or a prop. And then up at the Gold Coast, a guy like Jared Wallace is in the same situation. He's got 12 months left. 
but he's got a stack of great young forwards coming through and yeah, potentially some some flow on effect there, you know, maybe some movement further down the line. Okay, speaking of movement, uh, the Melbourne Storm want to get their hands on Xavier Coates as soon as possible. He signed with the club from next year for two years. But what has Kevin Walters said about uh, his immediate playing future at the Broncos? Yeah, so Kevy addressed this today uh, and well aware of the, the implication that if uh, if Xavier's going next year to Melbourne, why would you be picking him this year? Give someone a chance who's going to hang around at the club. Brisbane famously did this with Justin Hodges many moons ago. Zach, you'd remember that. <laughs> of, uh, course. But, of course. But Kevy said today, no, that's not the case. Xavier's still got plenty to offer the club there. He used the term rested, uh, which is probably a bit of a stretch and a bit of a euphemism given Xavier's fully fit Rested, you could get away with after last week's origin. But this week, no, he's preferred Jermaine Azarko and Corey Oates on the wings. But says Coates will get every chance to have another crack at, at forcing his way into the team over the next six weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised at all, though. We've got about 10 days before that transfer window wraps up. Uh, I'd be very surprised if Melbourne don't ask the question again if Xavier Coates isn't there in the 17 next week. Yeah, I reckon Frank Panisi, uh, the football manager down at the Storm, might be on the phone a couple of times to Kevy this week and Ben Iken trying to sort something out. Uh, one player that won't be a Bronco uh, in the next few weeks, Tavita Pangai Jr., off to the Bulldogs next year via the Penrith Panthers. Now, you speak to a lot of people, Dan, and uh, he's gone from the bottom placed or second last placed Broncos to the second placed Panthers. Uh, is it fair? Yeah. It's by the rules. It's by the book. Absolute Penrith have played one hell of a long game here. Uh, I think, yeah, Ivan was saying this morning that it was actually the Zane Tedavano move to the UK, which happened, well, I think it was last year's calendar year. It happened in 2020. And Penrith, they effectively forgot about the roster spot they had until, obviously, James Fisher-Harris's uh, impending, he's, he's got his first bubble on the way, so he's going to go home for a few weeks out of the bubble. It's brought it to a head and, yeah, it's I, – I, I admit on first hearing about it, didn't really pass the pub tests with myself. But when you look at it, it's entirely by the rules and Tavita's got a great crack at, uh, yeah, potentially challenging for a premiership before, yeah, heading off to the Bulldogs next year. It's, it's one of the stranger moves we've seen in a while, but – yeah, it keeps us all going, and yeah, and it gives Tavita a chance to really to really start afresh after uh, yeah a pretty tumultuous eighteen months or so with the Bronx. Okay, so the Bronx have let go of Matt Lodge, Tavita Pangai Jr., who were long-term options of the club just earlier this year or a couple of years ago. Um, what does this mean for their roster? Because they have to be paying some of these guys, I'm guessing, on their books next year. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I've spoken to Benny Iken this morning, the new football manager. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, Ben is as big a nerd as he looks. Those glasses tell the story of a bloke who loves and lives and breathes a spreadsheet, loves a number, loves the analysis side of roster movement. And he said that even though Brisbane will be paying the best part of a million dollars for Matt Lodge and to beat up at least to be playing elsewhere next year. The figure comes in towards $800,000. Uh, 
I can still say that's a better alternative and our salary cap is in better shape for that scenario to happen than to have these guys on the books further along. And it lets the Broncos, it's a tough call and it's one they don't want to have to make, but it leaves them in better shape in terms of fixing a roster that's too, that was too top heavy on middle forwards. Uh, the irony is they're still in the market for an experienced cheaper front rower to lead some of those younger guys like your Payne Harses, Thomas Fleglers, all those young back rowers that the Broncos have got. They're looking for, uh, you know, potentially a Ryan James and Aaron Woods, someone like that to come in at a much cheaper rate than Lodge and Tavita to shore up that bit of the roster. And I think that's where the Broncos next go. It's such a moving feast there at Red Hill. Uh, Benny Eichen, he's up to his eyeballs in it and uh, he's loving every minute of it. Oh, I bet he would be, yeah. I'm not sure what I'd rather, being a, a general manager of football at a club or sitting alongside Paul Kemp every night on NRL 360. Yeah, Gus, feel good. stress levels are about the same. Uh, I, I, and, <laughs> until he gets a phone call from Paul Kemp asking questions. The, ma- the mate's Absolutely. agreement is uh, is off. Um, Gus Gould, first day as general manager of football at Belmore with the Bulldogs uh, was Monday. Uh, this week he said on his uh, weekly Six Again podcast, uh, Six Tackles podcast, uh, every one of the clubs on notice. So what does that mean for someone like Kyle Flanagan? Yeah, it's a, that was um, interesting timing. Again, someone who lives and breathes the, the minutia of roster management and... Yeah, no, Gus, uh, he's certainly got his way of doing things and he's put it to the players that it's a fresh slate. Um, Around the same time, reports came through from Super League that uh, Kyle Flanagan, who's got two years to go on his contract, he was only signed in about, I believe, December from memory, three-year deal for the Dogs, but reports emerged from the UK that he had been offered to Super League clubs over there. Uh, that, that's been denied by Trent Barrett, by um, Kyle Flanagan's management. There, there certainly was a bit of interest from the UK, as you can understand. Kyle's only 22. He's got plenty of talent. Uh, making sure that gets on the park is the challenge for Gould and Trent Barrett. But I think Gus's arrival out there actually gives... It's actually a boost for Kyle Flanagan. So behind the scenes... Uh, Phil Gould, Shane Flanagan, and Trent Barrett, all quite tight and all quite and all managed by the same agent or advised by the same agent, Wayne Be- Wayne, Wayne Beavis. Um, Phil Gould's been a fan of Kyle Flanagan for a long time, and I think it'll I think he'll persevere with trying to get the best out of him and really getting him him getting him into that uh, rapidly reshaping Bulldog 17 because for next year. Geez, it looks different already. And whether Kyle sees out the entire two years of his deal, I'm not sure, but I don't think there'll be any immediate move. I think they'll persevere, persevere with him for 2022 at least. Okay, got to get through a couple more talking points before we knock off for the week. Well, you will anyway. Uh, Rugby League World Cup. No Aussies, no Kiwis. Seems strange, but there are still some players for both of those nations that want to play. Will they get their way? Is there any chance NRL base players playing for the Kiwis, playing for the Kangaroos, will play there in some capacity? Uh, mate, there potentially is. It, at this stage, it won't be for the Kangaroos or the Kiwis because they're they're not going to send teams. But there's obviously players who have dual dual eligibility, and 
we just don't know if other other uh, nations that draw on NRL players are going to go to the World Cup at this stage. So uh, NRL clubs have spoken about their their opposition to the World Cup going ahead this year for various reasons. There's welfare reasons. Their players wouldn't come back till about February to training. Uh, and the clubs can't... You can't expressly forbid a player from representing his country. Where, where that develops from there, though, it is just a case of how it plays out. So if, if other nations, your Tongas, your Fijis, your Samoas, England players, there's plenty of them across the game as well, there's no, you can't say at this stage that they won't be at the World Cup, but it will develop from here, and there's plenty to go with that one. Just on that, uh, Ivan Cleary, the Panthers coach, spoke about a couple of his players representing their nations at the Rugby League World Cup later this year. No, I wouldn't be comfortable. No, you know, the NRL and the New Zealand Rugby League, I think, have made a, uh, a brave but um, smart uh, decision in this instance. I know there's so many ramifications for the, the organising committee and uh, and even the International Rugby League. I feel it's a really difficult situation. Uh, but on the terms of player welfare and just so many risks and all things considered, yeah, I think that the right decision has been made. So there he was, uh, Ivan Cleary, the coach of the Panthers. So your Jerome Lewis, your Spencer Lenews, your Stephen Crichtons, if they want to play for Samoa, Ivan Cleary don't, doesn't want them going. Simple as that. Yeah, and these are the conversations that are still going to happen. Uh, and also today, um, Michael Maguire, he spoke to the media as well. And obviously Madge is uh, coaching at the Tigers and at the Kiwis as well. His perspective was, uh, so he fully endorsed the uh, New Zealand Rugby League's decision to opt out of the World Cup. He wants to see it postponed for the same reasons, uh, believes it will just be a better fit in 2022. There's other factors There's other factors to that, of course. But uh, the interesting thing for Madge especially is if some of those players do go and opt and are able to play for uh, some of your smaller nations where they've got dual eligibility, um, if you remember back in 2017, uh, the Kiwis had a mass exodus. Jason Tormalolo, uh, Andrew Fafina was, of course, with Kangaroos, but Sia uh, Siwa, Tokiaho, these guys went, they gave up on, they gave up their New Zealand eligibility to go play for Tonga and represent there. Uh, so that's an, that's an issue that Madge has to consider as well. And he, he, he said he doesn't fear that happening again this time. He thinks that He's built something within the Kiwis that will make those players stay, but it is another element to the discussion. And I'm sure it's being, uh, yeah, if, if I was the Kiwis, I'd be nervous on that, that aspect as well. Okay. Now, you mentioned before postponing it. Uh, it's not as easy as just saying, hey, guys, let's move it back 12 months, given hopefully the world will be in a better place in terms of COVID and, and that whole situation. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot that goes into this and why they just can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a world, there's a FIFA World Cup on next year that, uh, and obviously the dynamics on both sides of the world are just so different in terms of one, the COVID approach, the, the approaches to COVID nineteen. But rugby league in the UK, it doesn't have the same impact and influence that it does here in Australia, New Zealand. So going up against a, a, a football World Cup, that's a real deterrent for the organisers there. And there's also a, there's millions and millions of dollars of government funding tied up and it's been committed to by the UK government and that's why the the World Cup uh, organising committee, they want to push ahead now. That's why they're pushing against pushing back against the suggestion of postponing it. 
there's a lot of tough conversations to be had around that one, yeah. Okay, uh, lastly, round 20 and round 21 uh, draw for the uh, 2021 uh, National Rugby League competition have been released. You can check all those out on nrl.com. But a couple of uh, key uh, notes there, Dan. Uh, Mackay, Rockhampton, Redcliffe, they will all get matches across the next uh, couple of weeks. That'll take it to four weeks in Queensland. But no doubt there will be an announcement at some stage about an extension, I guess, for those 13 teams uh, to stay in Queensland longer. Um, we've got to wrap this up, uh, Dan, because we're wasting too many uh, people's time right now. Walsh's words of wisdom. When I speak to you this time next week, what will have happened in the world of rugby league? I actually haven't even thought about this one, mate. Well, that's um, good. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> You absolutely have. Uh, what's going to happen in footy? Mate, I don't think Newcastle's done as far as their roster's concerned. Uh, they've got a few, just a few things up in the air at the moment. Uh, Lockie Fitzgibbon and Connor, and Connor Watson are in talks with the club. Uh, I think, yeah, you'll see some developments along those lines, especially and potentially around those two guys. But, uh, yeah, the Knights have been quite busy and they've done well with, with securing Dane Gagites. Yeah, it's a hell of a move. Okay, all right. Uh, there's got to be a punishment next week if uh, neither of those players for the Knights are re-signed, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look forward to it, mate. Yeah, no, that'll get me back. That'll get a sweep too, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. All right, Dan, great to chat. Uh, keep your ear to the ground. Plenty going on in the world of rugby league at the moment. To all of our fans tuning in for this episode of your Friday footy news fix. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Enjoy the footy in round 19. We'll be back for more next week.